Hey freaks, Maz here, and we're excited to be talking about the upcoming tropical season with the Chief Reconnaissance Coordinator of the Air Force Hurricane Hunters Unit, Warren Madden. Will there come a day where it's totally unmanned? It could be. I, I think eventually we we will get there, but I think it's going to be still a ways away. I I, I don't anticipate that the manned reconnaissance will end before I retire in six to 10 years. I know that's uh, almost sure not to happen. Plus hashtag weather fools and WX resources all coming up on this episode of the storm front freaks. Going green. Greenage. Saddle up. You got it boss. Welcome to the most entertaining weather podcast. This is the award-winning Stormfront Freaks podcast, a part of the Stormfront Freaks network. Thanks to our Patreon members for supporting the show live and like new member Josh. Hey, Josh, how are things going, man? You can also join live uh, during our video recording and get in on all the extras at patreon.com slash stormfrontfreaks. All right, we like to kick off the show with uh, what find out what everybody's drinking, kind of introduce themselves. So we'll kind of kick things off with our Skywarn coordinator up in Minnesota, MJ. What you drinking, man? Hey, everybody. I have an interesting one this time. This is Sapsucker Farms Yellow Belly apple pie hard cider and sapsucker farms Ooh, is a mora nice. mora minnesota local wow. producer so it's kind of yummy pie yeah wow. pie. content on that baby uh, a lot probably <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. don't All ruin right. it for him <laughs> if Jen's you have to our, ask you don't want to know that's exactly. right jen meteorologist <laughs> and social media expert jen what do you let me guess is it very heavy on the water side like h3 it is. It is H3. This is special water for my hot chocolate. That's what I'm drinking right now. Hot <laughs> chocolate. Hot chocolate? You can drink hot chocolate in the 90 degree weather. Oh my God. I goodness. can. I really can. You guys, one of these days, I promise you, I should have done it tonight um, while Phil wasn't here. I should have been like drinking some like tequila or something. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, you, I promise we you. We want to see you drunk. Yeah, <laughs> Jen. There's still time, just to let you know. So. There is still time. Even Wheelies in the hot chocolate. That'll spice yeah. it up a little bit. Oh, that's we just Warren, good call. Yeah. Awesome. And Definitely. former on-camera meteorologist at the Weather Channel, Kim Cunningham. I like your hat. You're Thank the you. You're the IPA queen. So are I you uh, sporting it too, or Can what? You see what that says. Yeah, mm -hmm. Jeep hair. <laughs> Don't Don't hair. Nice. I, I got a Jeep. I got a Wrangler. <laughs> so yeah, I, nice. I did. It's so fun. Um, as far as drinking, I don't drink and drive, but I am drinking right now. Um, I'm back to the red wine. This is the Eclipse, my favorite radius. It's a red blend and it's so flavorful and it's not dry. So if you like dry wine, don't get this one, but I highly recommend it. What kind hey. of is it again? It's called Eclipse. It's by Eclipse. Radius. By okay. Radius. And, uh, and it's a red blend. It's really good. Anyway. You'll have to text that to me or something. So I will. Know. Okay. Awesome. Okay, cool. And Dina Knightley, weather producer with the Weather Channel. What are you up to and what are you drinking? I've got something new my sister turned me on to. It's called White Claw Hard Seltzer Black Cherry. Okay. Mm. It's kind of hard to see with my I lighting, but it, it's actually you know, black cherry. Everything's good with that, but uh, mm -hmm. it's it's really pretty good. You have to go, you guys going to try it. That sounds amazing. My Very son cool. drinks those. That's like the thing right now. You know, is it? That, yeah. yeah I mean, he's it's... like 13, isn't he? <laughs> 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 
Child Protective Services online too. Anyway, and we're going to find out uh, what Warren's drinking here in just a second. But Kim, do you want to introduce him first? Sure, I would love to introduce him. Now, I imagine, well, Warren, have you been on here one time before? I'm trying to yes. remember. Okay, yep, one yes. time. Okay. Yeah. So, um, Warren is, I don't know if anybody remembers this. He used to be on the Weather Channel. <laughs> and <laughs> yes, and I worked with Warren for a very long time. And it really was an honor to work with him. I saw him come in and really work hard every day. And then his, you know, he loved the hurricane thing. He was the reserves and eventually um, is now in Miami working for the National Hurricane Center. And, you know, Warren, why don't you tell us, you know, what you do there right now? And I think a big question, I know I have, I would love to know what you guys did during COVID with the busiest hurricane season on record, how did, did you work from home? Were you in office? How did, how did you do that? But first tell the audience what you do there right now. Explain. Right, well, I'm going to start off with the first thing, get that out of the way. I'm stuck at work, so I'm drinking water. Oh, well. Yeah. If I was at home, I'd be drinking something better, but uh, yeah, you're at work. So that's, that's what happens. But uh, so yeah, it was uh, to say the least uh, 2020 was rather an interesting year from the perspective of, of trying to do our job here at the hurricane center. Uh, you know, we were in the middle of uh, what normally is the quiet time of the year for us, which is April and May when this whole thing started. And um, I'm going to, first of all, sing the praises of the, the National Hurricane Center director, Ken Graham, who was leaps and bounds ahead of everyone else when it came to really figuring out how bad this was going to get and being proactive in uh, getting the Hurricane Center uh, ready to deal with uh, what at the time we had no clue was going to be the busiest hurricane season ever. But just in terms of getting ready to deal with dealing with hurricanes at all. And, you know, I, I'm a civilian employee of the Air Force, but we're embedded here at the Hurricane Center. That's that's where I am right now. And so we take our, our lead from, from the, the Hurricane Center as far as how to handle things. So we immediately went and, and said, okay, how much can we do from home? And so we, uh, the, the IT folks here were stupendous uh, in getting, uh, you know, the ability for the forecasters, uh, both in the, the hurricane forecasting branch and in the tropical analysis and forecast branch, which does a lot of the high seas forecasts, uh, getting them set up so they could uh, VPN in and do a lot of work from home. And then for us in the three-person CARCA unit, uh, we could do some stuff from home, but when it came to actually uh, working the missions with the Air Force, we had to come in because uh, the, the communications equipment we used to, uh, to communicate via satellite with the with the uh, WC-130s, that is specialized equipment and, and due to it being Air Force and all, uh, no VPN possible on that. So we did have to come in. But what we tried to do is, you know, we were, we were all wearing our masks, we were all maintaining social distance. And then when we go into hurricane operations, you know, with my three-person unit, each one of us is on an eight-hour shift, and so we would have a little bit of crossover as one person came in and, and was debriefed by the person who was in and then heading out. But we would always make sure that we kept our masks on and then, uh, you know, would maintain social distance. And then once the room was clear, then after a while, you could take your mask off so you weren't trying to do an eight-hour shift wearing mask when there was nobody else around. But we were really... Uh, 
breaking new ground in, in how to do this communication between the uh, uh, between the forecasters and and us with monitoring the aircraft. Uh, whereas you know, in previous years, uh, we work directly across the hall, no more than about 10, 15 feet from where all the forecasters usually would be working. And we would wear a path in the carpet between the two locations as we were bringing out new information. Uh, so now that, you know, we were trying to avoid that. So uh, we were using, you know, Google Hangouts to do voice chat, and then a lot of the the printouts that we would bring out. So, say skew T diagrams of drop sons from the eye wall, or uh, a flight track that would show the overall path of the uh, of the aircraft with uh, flight level winds and, and such. Normally, we print that out on paper, bring it across the hall, so they could have a hard copy to look at without having to bring it up on computer because they've already got four or five screens and looking at it at one time. We don't want to add more to that. But in this case, what we ended up doing is directing those to a PDF file and then sending to the to a group email account so that they could look at those and keep up on things so it wasn't nearly as uh you know well meshed as we would have had it if we were all in the same location but still we we made it work and uh, got through the year and where it really got mm, dicey a little bit was when this was threatening miami you know before it decided it was going to go up the coast because then we were like okay now what because normally what we would do is we would identify the people who were going to ride out the storm and we'd all come into the hurricane center and we just locked down inside the hurricane center well you know there's a super spreader event if you're not careful so so fortunately, we didn't have to deal with that. Fortunately, it's a state offshore. Uh, but we were worried there for a little while how we were going to handle that. And then from the standpoint of my unit, you know, our, what we're supposed to do if if it's looking like this place could get hit hard and we may not be able to maintain uh, communications with the aircraft from here is we're supposed to head out, out to Keesler. Well, it's like, okay, how do we get to Keesler when, you know, if we try to drive, we're going to be stuck in the same evacuation traffic as anyone else, uh, you know, trying to fly over. Well, you know, again, that wasn't the best time to be flying civilian. And then the, you know, with the aircraft, they were dealing with their own having to try to maintain social distance as much as possible and deal with COVID precautions. And, and that present all its own challenges. So it wasn't even clear they would have been able to spare a plane and a crew to come and get me or you know the other people to to head over there so i'm very glad we did not have to deal with that when it came to uh you know actually doing that although it, we didn't completely escape during uh hurricane ada when it, it sort of drifted across cuba and then went out into the florida straits and then turned northwest out into the gulf uh some of miami got socked with some pretty bad rain including my neighborhood we got about 18 inches in 36 oh. hours mm -hmm. and so i was working day shift and so i was going in to be in about seven so i get up i get dressed i go to get into my car to drive to work and as I'm reaching for my car handle, I'm like, wait a second, something's wrong here. And I look down and my feet are in three inches of water in my driveway. Oh, oh my gosh. And I look around and the entire street is just flooded out. And the water is only a few feet from my foundation. So I'm like, yeah. So getting, getting out of the neighborhood was a challenge because I've only got a Honda Accord. I don't have a you know high wheelbase uh, you know SUV or anything. And it was pretty dicey trying to get out of my neighborhood because it was flooded up 
probably a good five, six inches, you know. Fortunately, yes, I know, turn around, don't drown. But in this case, <laughs> it was my neighborhood and I knew where everything was and there was it was all standing <laughs> water. But the water didn't drain off for a couple of days in my neighborhood. Once I got out of my neighborhood, it was fine, but just in my my subdivision. So that was that was the closest I've come to, you know, getting uh, flooded. And, and uh, it's really made me think, okay, uh, yeah, glad I have that flood insurance. <laughs> you know, it's it's the old saying: whoever thought that putting the main place for hurricane forecasting smack in the middle of a hurricane zone may have, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then right. again, you know, talk to the severe storm center. Where do they, the main severe weather yeah. forecasting location? Right yeah. smack in the middle of a tornado uh -huh. path. That's so. true. Yeah. So, so okay, so I've rattled on here for a long time, but that's basically no, good what we're stuff. Good with. stuff. Since in, in your job. I, I love to learn, like, as a meteorologist, what somebody specifically do does on a day-to-day -day basis. So are you picking the times and uh, the, the times the flights are going out? Because it says you coordinate and quality control the missions. Like, are you going out on the planes? Are you coordinating just when they're going? Or how do, what do you do exactly? Sure, sure. So my days of flying over, I, I retired from flying in 2012 when I aged out of being a lieutenant colonel. You can only go 28 years in the reserves, and I bumped up against it. So it was uh, time to say sayonara to that. I was out of the wow, game. 28 years, though. Yeah, yeah, I made it 28. I mean, when I when I first got into ROTC back in uh, you know 1981, uh, no, and, and if you told me back then that I, I was going to still be doing that in uh, 2012 when I retired, I would have said you're crazy. And I thought I was going to pay back my four for my ROTC scholarship and then whatever. But I ended up staying eight active duty, and at that point, I was like, well, I don't want to really give it up at this point. So I was fortunate enough to land a, a reserve slot at Wright Pat uh, after I got into local TV up at uh, WHIO in Dayton. And then when I hooked up with the Weather Channel, I was first going back up there to continue that reserve slot. And then uh, the Hurricane Hunters came up to do a publicity tour and I got to talking to them, told them I was, was a reserve meteorologist. The next thing I know, I got invited to join the Hurricane Hunters. So it just one thing fell into another and I ended up being in the military from 1981 when I uh, took my oath uh, to start ROTC all the way to 2012 when I retired. So I was out of the game for two years and then I missed it. And so even though I can't fly uh, anymore, for, you know, I, I still want to be part of the game. So the position opened up here and I grabbed at it. And so what my job is, is, is really it is about the coordination. It's like that old saying, those who can't do teach. In my case, those who can't fly coordinate. And <laughs> yeah. And so the, and during storm season, the typical day is like the, uh, goes something like this. If there's no flying going currently every morning, well, every every day we go across and talk to the forecast and we say, okay, what flying do you need the next day? We're always operating 24 hours in advance. We put out the plan of the day that covers from 11Z the next day through to 11Z the 24 hours after that. And then we put out a succeeding day outlook as well. So we talk to the forecasters and of course we're watching the models as well. So we hopefully have an inkling of what they're going to ask for. And they'll say, okay, well, we need to get a plane out. Either there's a existing storm that's coming into range now, or there's a suspect area that they want to get an invest on and we'll lay out on paper what they're requesting. And then we come back in and uh, I'll, I'll call the two squadrons that we work with, the 53rd Weather Recon, which is my old Air Force Reserve unit at Keesler Air Force Base in Biloxi, and also NOAA's Air Operations Center, which is up at Lakeland. And, uh, you know, the 53rd has 10 WC-130s. 
AOC has two P3 Orions and the a Gulfstream 4. And so at that point, we're matching requests, requirements from the forecasters to uh, allocating to the squadrons and the, uh, you know, the missions that they're going to run. And as far as we know from what the requests are, where, the, uh, where they want us to go, as far as they're saying, we want you to send a plane out to investigate this area within 150, 200 nautical miles of, say, this latitude, longitude. Or they'll say, we think the, the storm that we want you to fly to is going to be at this point at 6Z tomorrow, so we want you to go out there and get a, a 6Z and 12Z fix. And so we talk with the, the uh, with the current ops folks at both squadrons and say, okay, here's what we're looking at for what we need you to do. And then the squadrons will sit down and do flight planning and figure out, okay, if we need to get planes out to these locations at these times, this is when they're going to have to take off from their home bases and they'll feed us back those times. And then we coordinate all that together and put out by 1830Z every day, we put out the plan of the day, the pod that says, here's what we're going to be flying. So that's the coordination part of it. And then also when we're actually flying, it's our job to receive all the information from the aircraft that are flying, which could be as few as one aircraft, or we could have three or four up in the air simultaneously, because there are times where we're not only dealing with one storm. I think at one point last year, we were dealing with one storm off the Antilles, one in the Gulf, which was Hannah, and we were also flying Douglas in Hawaii. So we had oh, aircraft yeah. spread across thousands of miles. Wow. And we're receiving all that information back from them. And we're looking at it and making sure it makes sense in the broader meteorological picture, because of course we only want to handle, send good data over to the forecasters. And uh, at the same time, if the forecasters need to make an adjustment to the track or they're looking for some more information in a particular area, we're relay relaying that back. At that point, we're the, we're the telephone operators, as it were, getting this information back and forth and also adding our own input into that. And then we get the information directly to the forecasters. We're also sending it out to the rest of the world. So when you're looking at your weather feed and you're seeing the vortex message come in, that's come out through our, our office. We've had first eyes on that, and then it goes uh, goes out from there. And you know, at that point, the, they finish up the mission, we get them home, and then it's lather, rinse, repeat. We just keep doing it. And there are times where it just keeps going, especially if you have a long lasting storm or if you have storms that go back to back to back, we could be working the three of us 24 hour ops for a good, you know, 10 days, two weeks. And then maybe you'll get a little bit of a break. And this year, I think I have to go back and look at the number, but from about mid August through early October, we had maybe one time where we had a week's break. But other than that, aside wow. from one or two days here or there, we were in 24 hour ops the vast majority of that that month oh and a half, gosh. ten That's weeks. That's a lot. It was a lot. That's... You know, it 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 takes a lot out of you, especially for the poor folk who are, you know, typically will work one one shift will be seven to three, the next will be three to eleven, and then the overnight shift is eleven to seven, and we try to work it out so that we swap, you know, to share the burden of the overnight, uh, but if it just keeps going and going. You don't have the chance. We don't have mm -hmm. that fourth person to plug in to kind of reset. So yeah. it is what it is. It just, it, it it's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but still, that being said, I wouldn't want to be any other place. This is where I belong. And you know, I was very lucky yeah. to get here. And uh, I've got somewhere between six to 10 years before retirement. And I'll take this to retirement.
excellent. Um, Warren, I love that. And so I have to ask you, since last year was a record-breaking hurricane season in many ways, but 2005 was bad as well. So what year did you send out the most hurricane flights or did the most hurricane flights go out? I would love oh, good to know. Question. I would have to look. Now, I know in terms of flight hours, we were fourth this year in number of flight hours we flew. We just landed just shy of 2,000 flight hours. I think we topped wow. out at 1,950 flight hours for the season. Uh, I think 2005 was just a little bit over 2,000. And then I think 1985 and actually 1969, I think, were in the... Uh, in, in the top four as well. So oh, it good was memory worn. I know yeah. I'm amazing. Well, <laughs> I will say this question got asked before. So I, uh. I, I actually, my, the, the person who held my seat before me, John Pavone, who had been uh, the chief of this section for 30 years, uh, he was uh, just very good at keeping data. So I've got a book in the other room that literally has by year the number of flight hours. And it goes all the way wow. back to 1966, I believe. Wow. Uh, and so, you know, I could rack and stack those. And so when uh, the, when we were doing our end of season statistics, I did have to know those. those. So uh, it's not like I pulled those out of my head or other <laughs> bodily location. I actually had those recently in memory. <laughs> That's hey, wild, Warren. Thank you. Quick question for you, Warren, before we go to break. I know that uh, uh, Kim got a new Jeep just recently. Uh, have you <laughs> added anything to the uh, the Honda? Have you put one of those snorkels on in case you get another one? <laughs> no, no. It's pretty much still a stock Honda. You it's need actually, some pontoons. Some pontoons uh, yeah, on the bottom. I, I, I need to change it into an amphibious vehicle. Although <laughs> I'm pretty much, it's it's a 2006. I'm not one of the kind who buys oh new cars God. every couple of years. Yes, I, I got Hondas, this. All Hondas run forever. Yeah, back when yeah. I was still at the Weather Channel, full time at really? the Weather Channel is when I bought that car. And, uh, <laughs> I was going to ask you if that was the same Honda because I remember that. Well, I had the Maxima <laughs> before that, and that finally okay. died on because I I used to when I was you know at the Weather Channel, I was doing all of those trips back and forth to Biloxi, and so that added a lot of miles on the car. Mm -hmm. So I took I took the Nissan Maxima to two hundred forty thousand miles, mm -hmm. and wow. now we're up to almost one hundred ninety on this. Now since I moved wow. to Miami, not doing nearly as much driving. You know, Florida is such a long state, you know, just four hours just to get up to Orlando. It's like five and a half to get out of the state. So we haven't, you know, we pretty much do our, our traveling via flight now. Yeah. <laughs> and I do see Honda and Nissan are on line three and four. I'm on a government uh, salary. Any little uh, help from sponsorships <laughs> I can get. That's right. Yeah. Hey. Speaking Perfect. of sponsors, people are pulling out the RVs and motorcycles for their summer road trips. How many times have you been caught in traffic or beneath an overpass due to the weather? It's always slowing you down from getting to your destination. Am I right or am I right? Don't answer that. Now there's an app that can make your trip more enjoyable, faster, and best of all, safer. It's the Drive Weather app, which shows you the forecast only on your route at the time you're expected to be at each point. An interactive time slider lets you change your departure time and see how the forecast affects the weather on your route by leaving at different times. Don't get caught on the roads at the wrong time. Drive Weather is available on iOS and Android. Just visit your app store and download Drive Weather for free or visit driveweatherapp.com. All right, we promised you it's time to take a break. The Tornado Trackers are talking about video editing apps on this edition of Tracker Chat. 
We'll be right back with more from War. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Hey everyone, welcome to Tracker Chat. This is the weather podcast within the weather podcast. We are the Tornado Trackers. My name is Gabe Cox. I'm joined with Jeff Mangum. Uh, Jeremy Heyman is out this week, so Jeff and I are going to tackle the subject this week. We're going to talk about our favorite video and photo editing software and apps. Um, There's a lot out there. It can be really overwhelming when you're first getting into it, but we've kind of um, covered the ground between professional and free apps Um, so Jeff, why don't you start us off? You do a lot of photography. So what kind of photo editing apps or software do you prefer? Yeah. Um, I I think there is, uh, there's obviously a a great variety of different apps and software. Um, predominantly what I, what I utilize is my phone. So I have an iPhone XR, uh, but I don't have a laptop right now that is nearly as powerful as my phone. So I do a majority of my editing um, strictly on my phone. And so um, there's there's some different apps I've used over the last four or five years. Uh, some cost and some are free. Um, I would say the one I use the most is Lightroom. Uh, Lightroom has a really robust um, app uh, for the iPhone and it does sync up to your laptop or your computer, whatever you're trying to sync up to, it has that ability. Um, I do spend about $20 a month for use of the Adobe Creative Cloud. And so um, there is a cost to that. So um, I use Lightroom more than anything else. Um, there is another app called Visco. It's V-S-C-O. Um, it's another really uh, strong app. There's a free version and a paid version. and just gives you a ton of different options. Um, I would say if you're looking for something strictly that's free, the best option in in my viewpoint is something called Snapseed. Yeah. Um, it's a really, really good app. Um, in fact, it's what I used all the way up until I got uh, into Lightroom. And I still utilize it from time to time. So um, if you're looking for something from specifically your phone, uh, Snapseed is absolutely uh, robust and it is really good. And especially for being free, you really can't beat it. Awesome. Yeah. I use, um, Snapseed pretty much most of the time. Um, I just recently got the Lightroom app, um, but default to Snapseed, it's, it's just good and crazy yeah. that it's a free app cause there's so much to it. So I'm going to talk about, uh, the video side of things. So my real full-time job is a filmmaker. Um, and I'm a film editor. Most of the time I have used Adobe Premiere for the past, oh gosh, well, ever since Final Cut completely changed their platform, 
Um, so I've been using Premiere for a while and I absolutely love it. It's a really clean looking uh, platform, editing platform. It's got really powerful color grading options. That's the kind of stuff that gets a little more complicated, which I don't, I think most storm chasers wouldn't need to or wouldn't care to get that deep into color grading or color correction. But like the Lightroom app and Lightroom, you need a Creative Cloud account. You know, if you have a Mac and it comes with iMovie, which is free, that's good enough for editing uh, clips together. Most people really aren't going to do much more than that and, you know, be a waste of money to spend that much on Premiere. And then you're just really just cutting clips and putting them together. There's tons of free stuff that you can do that with. Um, And I think, Jeff, you have an app that is really powerful that I believe you said was free where you can edit your video. Yeah. And and again, my, I've, I've just not really invested into a laptop in last year that is worth anything. It seems so, um, I probably need to change that philosophy soon, but I have, uh, there's an app called video shop. And again, there's a, there's a free version of that. And then there's a monthly uh, version of that. And it's fantastic. It, um, I believe it's the, the three dollars and ninety nine cents per month, or something like that, version that allows you to utilize four K. So if you are putting together four K videos, you can do that on your phone through Video Shop. Um, so that's hands down my favorite uh, that I use, and I do. I've used a lot of videos. I put those together through Video Shop. Awesome. Well, this has been Tracker Chat, and we have been the Tornado Trackers. Thank you guys for joining us. As always, feel free to check out our website, www.tornadotrackers.org. We recently updated our store on there, so now there are tons of shirt options. We have mugs, we have stickers, so feel free to poke around and see if there's anything you guys like. And thanks again to the Stormfront Freaks for hosting us and allowing us to spend some time on their airwaves. We are the Tornado Trackers, and we will catch you guys next time. Welcome back. Hey, we're with Chief Coordinator of the Hurricane Hunters Unit, Warren Madden. We were talking over the break. And uh, you were actually mentioning other people can fly. On, it's a C-130 or it's a C-130J or what is it? And other it's, people yeah. can fly on it? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, the the C-130J that we fly, um, normally to you know, it's just our crew. But we do take some media aboard. And there is, you know, the, the uh, public affairs office at Keesler is in charge of managing that list. And, and you know, so they will basically media people will call in and say, Hey, can we get on the list to get a, get a fly along? And then, uh, but the tricky part is uh, that it, the call could come at any time and you don't have a lot of time to respond. It's like, you know, get down here because your slots up. And if you don't aren't able to fill it, we'll take the next person on the list. Okay. So it isn't exactly easy to do. So and then there's probably also uh, similar stuff going on over at the, uh, AOC, the, the P3s, because I know I, I've seen uh, stories with media on board the P3s, and they have their own public affairs office as well to manage their okay. list. 
So as a retired meteorologist, I still have my ID and everything. Can I just kind of like call up and say, hey, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd like to come on that. And, uh, or, and is it the Vomit course. Comet or what are we talking about here? Special well, correspondent for the Stormfront Freaks, Maz. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's I, media. I, That's media. I cannot... I cannot speak to what rules they're using for who uh, who qualifies. So you'd have to talk to the uh, <laughs> public affairs office. Show and as up far with as, the camera, Maz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as far as it being uh, vomit comet, I I am proud to say, uh, relieved to say that I I never got sick or scared during all of my years of flying. Really? Oh my god! Yeah. You never got now, scared. There now. Uh, and you flew Rita, right? And I flew Rita. I yeah. flew Ivan. Um, I flew Ivan as a Cat Five. I, you know, I, I flew several Cat Fives. Uh, although the worst beating I ever took wasn't even a Cat Five; it was a tropical storm trying to become a hurricane. But really? it, it's yeah. I mean, that story would take a lot longer than we have to tell. So if you want that one, you're going to have to have me back on again. So there. Okay. <laughs> but, but isn't that the one where you almost like you slammed a loadmaster or somebody in the back up against the ceiling? No, that was Hurricane. That was, wasn't my flight. That was just before I joined. But Hurricane Mitch, back when they were um, uh, flying that off the north coast of Honduras, and I believe they were in the middle of trying to locate the tall ship that went down in that storm, uh, they took a, uh, a big downburst and uh, the, the loadmaster slammed up against the top of the, oh. the cabin arm oh my really but uh yeah so uh it, it but there probably were times that i should have been scared <laughs> but um <laughs> but it really it, you think about it the air force and and by extension the u.s taxpayers were spending a lot of money to put me and my expertise in that storm to take uh that data and get it back for the forecasters i didn't have time to be sick or scared i had a job to do yeah so uh so yeah well, besides flying right into a hurricane, like what was maybe the coolest thing about being on that plane? Like, is the technology or something like what's so something more than just flying into it? Right. Well, I mean, I think that the most amazing thing about it is is realizing that you're going someplace that so very few other people have been, and you 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 burst out into that eye and you're just looking at, at the terrifying beauty of mother nature. You know, the, some of these things you see in those, those eyes are just astounding. And, and, and the huge stadium effects. I remember uh, in Rita, we had just a huge amount of lightning going through the eye wall. And then we burst out into the eye and it was a night flight. And um, the lightning was rippling from one side of the eye wall across the front of the <gasps> aircraft and over around wow. to the other side of the eye wall. And meanwhile, you had a, the moon looking down at you from the from the hole and in, in, in all those clouds up above you. Oh, so it, it's just like unbelievable to look at, but at the same time, you have to respect it because you know you you let you take your guard off for just a few minutes and mother or even a few seconds, and Mother Nature will try to kill you. So. so what's the longest flight you've been on? And then I'm curious to know as well, like you mentioned, the worst flight was a tropical storm. It's more turbulent to be in tropical storms right as it's developing, isn't it? Well, the longest flight I, I did, our, our aircraft are not air refuelable. So uh, there is a, a technical limit to how much fuel we can put on board. Uh, so uh, usually our, our missions will last somewhere between, um, you know, 
six and 10 hours. I think the longest I was on was maybe an 11 hour because, you know, we're not fast. We're a turboprop aircraft. And so uh, you'll spend however long it takes to get out to the storm, usually spend about six hours going through the storm and then whatever it takes to get back. Um, and it's, you know, so it's, it's a long flight, but uh, most of the time it's, it's not too bad uh, as far as the, the actual experience. And then, uh, okay, remind me, brain, brain freeze. What was the other question? Um, I think it was, was it the turbulence? Oh yes, turbulence. Uh, yes. yes. So yes. with uh, now, you can have turbulent hurricanes. Uh, really, you, you know, certainly you can. Um, some of the big Cat fives, if they get into a kind of a steady state, it really isn't that bad. But with uh, what you, where you'll typically see a decent amount of turbulence is if a storm is rapidly intensifying, mm. or if it's uh, uh, rapidly, uh, you know detensifying as it were especially if it starts if you start getting frictional effects where you know it's starting to go over land and so you're getting a lot of shear as the is the part of the circulations over land and then it comes back out of the water and uh in my case the worst beating i took was on a storm that was trying to become a uh hurricane as it neared uh the uh area just to the north of tampa and it was uh, we we were in at 5000 feet and uh, at times we were not at 5000 feet we were like at 4,000 feet. And after we did that once, oh we, we said, nope, we're going up to 10,000 feet to give us a little bit more room. But uh, the the plane at that point was shaking so violently that I could not read my instruments because my eyeballs oh my God. attached oh. to my body were rattling in a different... <laughs> Oh my gosh. And so, yeah, it was kind of like a dog grabbing a toy and going, well, we were the toy at that point. Mother Nature was the dog. Oh my God. That's amazing. Wow. I'm glad you're so, okay, Morn. Yes. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so, my so, question I'm going to, okay. I'm sorry, who had, a, somebody was going to say something? Who? Nope, you're fine. No, just drink, just drink, Maz. Just keep drinking. <laughs> you don't have to tell me twice. <laughs> okay, so my question is, you know, we said so this was the most active hurricane season we've ever had. And maybe just tell people what, compare that, like what was put into that statement? Was it the number of named storms we had? Was it... Um, just the overall, including depressions, was it the flight hours? What goes into saying this is the most active? Because I believe the number of name storms was the same as 2005. Am I wrong? Am I wrong on that? I think we were close. I'd have to, uh, it, okay. it may have came out the same. I, th I think we may have been one more. Okay. Uh, but I think we were too. Yeah, because okay. I know in in 2005, I'm I'm looking at uh, we have we have a graphic here, you know, just a little printout, and basically I we have a check mark in each one that we flew. So of the of the umpteen storms we flew, I think 20 of the of the storms we flew. I know we did not get to Iota in 2005. Yeah. Okay. Now, now we may we may have had an additional tropical storm or some such else that might have made the numbers come out about the same. But in terms of named systems, this was definitely the the most named systems we have, and we're never going to see Greek names again. Uh, you know, they, yeah. they in the end they decided that they were going to. You know, let's face it, we all thought having to go 
to the Greek names was going to be, you know, a, an extremely rare occurrence. And somehow once every 15 years doesn't strike me as all that rare. And right. so, you know, this was where we ran into the issue of what do we do if we have to retire a Greek name? And they retired two Greek names this year uh, mm -hmm. because they, they slammed into Nicaragua. Uh, it, was, it was both Ada and Iota. They slammed into Nicaragua a couple of weeks apart, and the landfall locations were all of about 15 miles from each other. So, man, the, the poor folk in, in, in that location, yeah. you know, that little stretch of coastline mm -hmm. just got hammered with two high-end Cat 4s uh, slamming into them within just a couple of weeks of each other. So, so what are they going to do? What they're going to do is they're developing a, and they probably already have it now. And this is World Meteorological Organization. Uh, so they've come up with a list of backup names, where, whereas the, the main list of names, I think, has 20 on it because it knocks out the the names that don't have a lot of, you know, the Qs, mm -hmm. the, 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 uh, the, the Ys, et cetera. If I recall correctly, this new backup list will actually have a full 26 because it's meant to be used so rarely that there's enough of those even low pop names to have a few of them in there. And then if we ever run out of the main list, you know, we have the six rotating lists. So if we ever run past the, uh, the last letter of that, then they'll dip into the, the uh, backup list. And that gives them some flexibility that if they need to retire one of those backup list names, it doesn't present the question of, okay, how do you fill just a spot in a foreign alpha, you know, in an mm -hmm. ancient alphabet, you know, so okay. that's kind of what they're going to do. Okay. So, so Warren, I've got a question from one of our uh, Patreon members that's uh, that's online with us right now. And it's a little bit, maybe talks a little bit about what you talked about with the lightning. Uh, and Garrett asks, have you seen any strange phenomenon while flying over uh, eye walls that stand out more so than other storms? I personally don't think I can say I have. Now, that being said, uh, there have been cases where uh, the the hurricane hunters have come relatively close to seeing water spouts, especially mm, uh, ah. early, early on. And now, typically in the big storms, we're flying mm. up at 10,000 feet. So there you're, you're up in the clouds a bit and you can't really get a look at the low level very well. But in the weaker storms, and especially when a storm is just getting going, we'll be down as low, in some cases, as low as 1,000, 1,500 feet wow. off the ground uh, or off the water. And let me tell you, when wow. you're looking down at the water, you realize that that's not that far away. So, <laughs> no, I but, think they want, <laughs> they want to know, too, like, did you see aliens? Are you I, a fellow, I read that right? question. Like, you know, there was a TV series. There was. Like, that, that, I know, and that's what made me think of it. Yeah, it they, they during a hurricane. And, yeah, they were possessed by aliens. It was about the Florida oh, Keys man. and stuff. It only lasted a season, I think. <laughs> I know. But, uh, but, you know it was thing, good. It was, it was not bad. The, the funny thing was, I, I recall watching that episode and saying, dang, we don't have nearly that kind of great technology in our aircraft. <laughs> <laughs> we have much older technology. <laughs> well, speaking hey, of seasons, what, uh, what do you think this 2021 is going to be like? Well, you know, the, I know that the forecast that came out from, from NOAA is a forecasting, you know, an above average again. Mm -hmm. uh, now, again, hopefully not nearly as much as we had last year, but then again, that's, you know, that'd be a, hopefully a, an easy bar to clear of not having it get that high again. But, you know, when people ask me this question, because you might imagine I get this a lot, I always have the same answer. I say, it's not about the number of storms. It's about where yeah. they go. 
Yeah. We can have a lot of storms, but if they spend their time out over the open water, uh, they're not going to affect that many people. Now, of course, we always have the case where we, you know, ships have to be wary. And we have had cases where we've been on search and rescue missions. And sometimes we're lucky and we find people and other times we don't. Uh, but the the other side of it, though, is that all it takes is one storm in the wrong place, yep. even in a quiet year. You know, 1992 was not that big a year in terms of the number of storms. But then there was Andrew. So Andrew. that's all it takes is one storm in the wrong place, even in a quiet year. So that's why we always tell people, be prepared. You know, don't, uh, you know, get your, don't be thinking about getting your, your prep kits and, and your, you know, your backup supplies. Don't be thinking about doing that a couple of days before, you know, when the warnings start coming out, because then mm -hmm. everyone else is going to be at the stores doing that. You know, get those mm -hmm. in place now. You know, I know my wife always does, you know, does our hurricane prep shopping and she's got all of the, you know, the, the non-perishable foods and stuff. We've got those all laid in right now. And, and we'll probably go and fill up the couple of, you know, couple of gas cans we have to keep in the garage uh, for emergencies here in the not too distant future. And, and, you know, you gotta be prepared because uh, you know, when things get close, then, you know, the stores just, they get wiped out. <laughs> I can't believe she's still putting up with you. <laughs> you're not the first person to say <laughs> my wife is a saint you know he is please tell her i said oh, i will i definitely will I yeah she her. is she Sharon's is awesome yeah she has uh we just celebrated our 25th anniversary oh, and wow. yes and oh. and we were we were going to take a wonderful three-week vacation in new zealand to celebrate wow. and we were scheduled to part on march 16th 2020 oh yeah. we canceled it on the 13th about 12 hours before new zealand closed its borders oh. and we uh fortunately our travel company was willing to work with us and we tried to, we rebooked everything for spring of 2021 of course that didn't happen so now we've pushed forward to spring of 20 because that's one of the not great things about working in my business yeah. is that summer vacation yeah right you don't get <laughs> it mother nature <laughs> i can bummer. i can schedule vacation but at any time i have to be ready to get back because again three-person office 24-hour shift <laughs> no. and uh, and so you know mother nature is a harsh mistress <laughs> I, I love being that. in the weather because it's no matter how bad it is, your boss is like you gonna be at work, right? Yep. Yeah. Yes. 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 Be here tomorrow. I'm in New Zealand. <laughs> no. So but hopefully do, we'll get there at some point. You do have the Gulf Stream available though. You can just fly wherever you want, right? <laughs> there you go. I wish. I wish. Hey, We're I actually replacing the Gulf Stream. The Gulf Stream Four is going to. Uh, retire here in a couple of years and we're getting a uh noah's getting a new uh i think g5 uh Ooh, that will give us fancy. some extended range and and some better altitude for dropping the long patterns of songs what about the c-130s ever something new coming or is this going to be with us forever it won't be with us forever uh yeah. the, this batch of 130s we got uh they were manufactured right around the 2000 point give or take a year or two and so they are starting to get older and, and show their age a little bit uh but they'll be with us for you know i'd say a fair amount you know at least another 10 years that i'm sure they'll start thinking about how they're going to replace them but really there there isn't uh 
a better platform really for what we're doing with these because we need something that's tough that can take a beating that doesn't go too fast because you don't want to be taking a Porsche over a you know really rough road you want a big hefty pickup and these are the pickup trucks of the Air Force so uh, they're sturdy well bid planes and of course I'm biased I used to work at Lockheed and help build them so um, but <laughs> what time, haven't you done Warren <laughs> <laughs> I've true. been very lucky to you know I've bounced back and forth between <laughs> computer science and meteorology and, and aviation my whole career so yeah. Uh, I, I've been very fortunate in that. And and as we mentioned, my wife has put up with it all. <laughs> yeah, she's a trooper. <laughs> One last question before sure. we uh, shift gears a little bit. And that is, you mentioned replacement. Do you ever foresee a future where everything becomes unmanned, where it's just drones flying into those? It's an excellent question. And, uh, you know, we are making progress in that area. The uh, We already have uh, done some stuff with the Global Hawk. There's uh, NASA has a couple of Global Hawks that they've used on research missions that fly up at 60,000 feet over the top of the storms and can drop a lot of uh, sons uh, in a lawnmower pattern through the storm. Uh, the uh, Air Operations Center is working on some smaller drones that can be released from the P-3 at this point and fly down to the lower reaches, down to the boundary layer, right off the surface of the ocean, uh, where we wouldn't want to send a manned crew. Uh, you know, talk to Jeff Masters about what happens if you try to do that in Hurricane Hugo. That stopped him from flying. Um, so we're looking at unmanned aircraft down the lower levels. Now, Will there come a day where it's totally unmanned? It could be. I, I think eventually we we will get there, but I think it's going to be still a ways away. I, I, I don't anticipate that the manned reconnaissance will end before I retire in six to ten years. I know that's uh, almost sure not to happen. But as, as we get deeper into the century, the 21st century, the future, um, yeah, it's, you know, Right now, we still send men and women into these storms because there's some information you can only get from inside the belly of the beast. Remote sensing's getting better. Unmanned vehicles are getting better. And eventually, hopefully, we can get to the point where we don't need to send the men and women in. But until then, I'm glad we have them. Yeah. It'll be an interesting end of an era when that occurs. <laughs> yes. Well, hey, that sound? Hey, that means it's time for our lightning round. A game show of flashy and brilliant questions, because Phil wrote these, for our guests. We invite everybody to play along with us. And tonight we're actually going to be playing Retired Hurricane or Retired Supermodel. So, Warren, wow. you're going to be... Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I did better I with Warcraft last time. Well. Oh, gosh. Oh, so, my God. So, we're going to give you the name, a first name. And, Warren, you're going to have to uh, answer, is it a named Storm? Uh, or is it a retired supermodel? So retired okay. storm, retired supermodel. Okay. I think right. going to crush it. I think he is. Uh, yeah. I don't know. We'll I see. So. Yeah. That we'll see. Memory. And if, and if he, of course, if he nails all the supermodels, we'll have to ask his wife about <laughs> your uh, Do you want to rephrase <laughs> that a little bit? <laughs> oh, well, your wife's on line six. How about that? Okay. All right. So here we go. The first one, the name is Cindy. Is this a storm or a supermodel? Supermodel. I don't think Cindy's been retired yet. Very good. Cindy Crawford, Cindy supermodel. Crawford. Ding, ding, ding. Nicely yeah. done. Mm -hmm. Next one, L. Again, supermodel. It hasn't been retired. I don't even know right. if it's in the list. Right. It's actually L. McPherson. L. McPherson. Yeah. yeah, there you yeah. go. Oh, oh, you knew that there one. Oh, hmm. <laughs> Dangerous waters there, Warren. All right. Third one, 
Diana. Ooh, interesting. Diana. As much as the there's part of me that says they wouldn't do three in a row, but I still don't think I don't recall it being retired. So I'm I'm going to go supermodel. I, this is one I think I could be wrong on though. So the late great uh, Alex Trebek used to say, "No, sorry, uh, sorry." Oh, really? Oh, I can't, yes. I can't get them Nin- all right. 1990. 1990. 1990. Retired okay. Hurricane. Yep. Okay. Next one, Alicia. That has been retired. 2001. Whoa. I was in. I actually did a, a Weather Channel trip to New Orleans when Alicia was there, and New Orleans was getting some pretty heavy rains as well as over into uh, Texas. I think that's that's uh, the only tropical storm I think that has ever been retired because of the amount of flooding it I caused in the Houston that. metro. Yes, that's mm-hmm. true. Yeah. Good job. Hi. Good job. All right. Next what one. Memory. I know it, right? Linda. Linda. Hmm. Not an Atlantic retiree, but it could be. Is he trying to throw me a curveball, Mr. Phil? From doing <laughs> I'm looking at Matt's face storm. Right yeah, because I'm thinking maybe uh-huh. East Pack. Yeah, I'm thinking East Pack. Yes, East Pack retired. Twenty no, 2015 was Patricia. I think it was a little earlier than that, but I'm going to say retired t- storm name. This would be Linda Evangelista, the supermodel. Uh, <laughs> now, after this show, now I've got to go back and check. Yeah, Phil, uh, Phil Rose. Yeah, so. yeah. I used to work with a Susan Evangelista. So she oh, could have wow. been a supermodel. I know. I was like, wow, what are the odds? Sister. Right. Next one, <laughs> Elena. I know it's a storm name. I'm going to go with the storm name. I think Elena might have been retired. Very good. Hurricane Ooh. 1985. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one, go. Claudia. No. Hmm. Oh. No, I think there's a Claudette on the name <laughs> list, but I think Claudia, I'm going to go with Claudia Schiffer. Yeah. All right. Very good. Yeah. You and Dina. That's right. Claudia yeah, Schiffer. That's good right. job. Oh, did you hear me? Claudia. Yeah, I saw that. Oh, no, I heard that. (laughs) All right, next one, Helena. Helena, interesting. I think here, I'm going to go storm name on this one. (laughs) Helena Christensen, supermodel. I don't know her. All right, next one. We got two left. All right. This one is Greta. Greta. Yeah. I'm going to go supermodel. I don't think, I don't recall it being a storm. Okay, 1978. Oh, oh no. I'm getting back old enough so even I was still. <laughs> <going back. laughs> That's going way back. <laughs> back in diapers. All right, yeah, last one. Not that far back. <laughs> last, last one, Allison. Allison, that storm name retired. Storm name, yeah. yeah. 2001 hurricane. Very good. Very good. All right. Excellent. Hey, great job, Warren. Thanks for playing along. And uh, hey, uh, you're welcome to hang around here. But how can our listeners find you on social media or be able to connect with you? All right. Well, um, I do have a Twitter account. Now I've got to remember what that Twitter account. Hang on. I can go to my my other tab here. There we go. Yes. uh, Warren Madden WX is the, I think somebody else had grabbed Warren Madden before I I got to Twitter. Uh, So that is my Twitter. I don't post that much, but I always say I'm going to get more involved in social media, but of course things happen and stuff. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll try and post a little bit more uh, this season, but Warren Madden WX is my Twitter handle. Just, hey, right. Jen will help. Jen will help you get like all the <laughs> stuff. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yes, I all will. Right. Yes, I will. Here we go. 
So weather's warming up and it's time for some new t-shirts and drinking glasses, of course, at helicity.co, Stormfront Freaks or slash Stormfront Freaks. They have a huge selection of weather-themed summer merchandise, including Stormfront Freak shirts, beverage containers, and stickers. Go to helicity.co slash SFF to earn 5% off your entire order and click on the brands tab to find all your Stormfront Freaks favorite at helicity.co slash SFF. All right, time now for our final break, and we'll be coming back with hashtag weatherfools and WX resources from the Freaks. So I'm here with J.P. Kalb, meteorologist. And, and J.P., uh, one of my questions to you is, so you've got a, a blog and a vlog, video blog, uh, called Weathering the Autism Storm. And I guess my first question is, uh, let us kind of know what that's all about. It's what I do on my blog and vlog is I talk about my experience on the autism spectrum as well as show some insight into my life, like how I handled the COVID vaccine, how I handled public transit. Right now it's been mostly like educational videos including some weather topics. Have I am planning on doing some in the community stuff like some flights I'm planning to take in the next month or so. And in the future, hopefully a Disneyland episode or two. That sounds fun. Um, so, so here's my question, JP, is, is I'm really curious. You've got a very unique story and I think it's awesome. Um, so you've gotten your meteorology degree uh, from San Jose State. And and my question is, you know, wh why did you choose that degree? Why did you choose to pursue weather and meteorology? I, it all started back when I was really young. Like, I can't remember when, but I was always drawing maps. And some of my maps were like weather maps, like coloring in the, like what the temperature is going to be as well as the precipitation type. Also, I got drawn into it because I would sneak into my grandparents' garage when if I visited them and watch the Weather Channel. That story probably uh, has a lot to do with a lot of people's uh, path into weather. You know, is watching the watching the Weather Channel. So, what I, I guess, what was it that you felt would be a good fit um, between what you would be studying, the weather, um, and autism? There was a special interest for me as one of the common traits that many autistics, including myself, have a special interest where we focus on certain things. And one of my special interests was maps, like drawing maps as well as sneaking out to as well as the weather. So that got me into meteorology. Well, what uh, I guess, what can you tell us about your uh, your blog and, and your, your vlog, Weathering the Autism Storm, and, and where people can find that? Where, where can they find your stuff? My vlog is on YouTube at Weathering the Autism Storm. Right now, I'm having a goal of hitting 1,000 subscribers by the end of 2021, with an eventual goal of hitting at least 1,500 subscribers and 4,000 hours viewed. That's great. And then what about uh, social media, JP? Where can they find you on social media? I 
you can follow me on my Twitter at WXJP2NYY for weather-related stuff and WXTheAutism, S-T-R-M, for my autism stuff. Very good. Well, I appreciate you taking the time, JP. Um, thanks for sharing uh, sharing that with us. I think you got a great story and, and certainly wish you the best. Um, and it's great having you in the weather community. Thank you. All right, guys, it's one of the most exciting parts of the podcast and one of my favorites as well. So this is, you know, something where we tell people, you know, turn around, don't drown, don't do this, don't do that. And people do it anyway. We find videos and tweets and whatever of people doing things they shouldn't in crazy types of weather. And with that said, we're going to kick it off with Dina. Dina's got a good one this week. I'm glad you gave me the first one because the turnaround don't drown is mine. And this is okay. This came out uh, like ABC News put it out, but it's one of those floodwaters inundated at Lake Charles. Um, Louisiana, you know, they've gotten a lot of rain and it was oh a school gosh. bus again. Let's take your bus through the water. Bus. No. What yeah, on earth are they doing? Bus. And this water Great is like idea. up to the headlights, you know. Oh. And I mean, they're sending just, waves on the road. Yeah, yes. it's crazy. Oh, look, they're so canoeing. There's, <laughs> there's canoes and stuff, which is, you know, that's one thing. But the bus, you know, the bus bothers yeah, that's me. That's a bad idea. That's a yeah. Fool. So, oh I mean... That those weather fools, I'm going to make fun of you. So don't do it. I'm going to make fun of you every time if I catch it. And it says with up to like 15 inches of rain. I just don't understand. People are just so adamant about like we're I'm going to get the kids home or whatever it is, but just right. don't do it. You know, oh. it's just it's not I, worth it. I always think about it is everybody knows it's flooding. It's not yeah. like you're like oh my god, my boss is going to be so mad. I'm going to be late. They know it's flooding. Exactly. Oh my God. So true. Oh, that was a good one, Dina. Thank you. Hey, uh, Warren. Kim, what yes. about you? Uh, I got to ask oh. Warren real quick. Does that make oh. your feet oh. kind of wet when you fling off? <laughs> yeah, <that's true. laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And there's a cord sit low to the ground, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right. You can. Show us what All you right. got. Okay. Um, well, you guys, this really, I don't know if this is a weather full or not, but we're going to laugh our butts off. Okay. So this, I, thought was still, I don't know if you guys saw this or not. This meteorologist, I believe Adam, uh, maybe MJ, you know about this Minneapolis. Oh yeah, absolutely. This, Fox yes. 9 in Minneapolis. Yep. Yes. Um, I heard about this. This on-camera meteorologist was in the middle of her broadcast and talking oh, about the yes. weather. And all of a sudden, let me show you, you we see many of her. And so you got to watch this. So right now we're watching her do her forecast. Yeah. And all of a sudden you see, you see like mirrors of gone her. Bad. The screen. Yeah. And, and she, she does a little dance. <laughs> <laughs> That's so crazy. Oh my God. And so she starts having fun with it. And then she starts marching across the screen and there's like 50 of her following her right. doing the same thing. And it oh just goes God. on and on. And she gets to a point where she's giggling so hard. It reminds me of like on our podcast when we start laughing <laughs> and you can't stop. <laughs> and, and there she goes. She's playing. She's 
there's something definitely went wrong. <laughs> I've heard of infinity of social media followers, but that's ridiculous. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> but oh she was God. a good sport. And, you know, I don't know who the weather fool was, but mm-hmm. I just felt like we had to show this because, you know, kudos to her for hanging with it and getting through mm-hmm. it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Sure. We've all yes. been there. Yes, we anyway, so have all been, been there. there. That's hilarious. I absolutely love that. Um, MJ, I think you have two. I know these from viewers. They are. Yes, we have a couple of viewers who sent them in and it continues our our idea of turn around, don't drown. But these have a couple of interesting things to go with them. So Eric sent this one in. And if you watch, it's again, it's another uh, person driving where they shouldn't. But the front of their car falls off. The bumper bumper falls off as they try to drive back as they try to back out of it. So that's a little oh, bit different. A bit, bit of a fool there. Lost, good one. Yeah. Lost that was a good one. On that one. Uh, and then our friend Jay sent this one in. And this one, uh, that car is buried in the water. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's on the hood Half, now. Halfway in. But what you will see as you look at it is you'll see that there's a guy behind it pushing it. <laughs> <laughs> and so they're trying oh to gosh. push it through the water. He really is pushing it deeper. <laughs> to be oh honest. my god, now wow. it's yeah. And, well, and it's floating now, you can kind of the tell. guy in front pops the trunk. Whoops! <laughs> oh, sh- oh my god, and then gets out and says, Here, I can help push too. So, <laughs> oh my like god, best friends, you yeah, have no exactly. idea what's in that water. The best thing they can do is oh, like gosh, put up their white no. flag and just wait for it to go down, yeah, or yep. something yeah. like that. Well, mm-hmm. those are awesome. If you want to check out our weather fools, go to stormfrontfreaks.com, click episode 132 in the show notes. All the links will be there and you'll see all the shocking, crazy, wild things that we were just talking about. <laughs> but with that said, I think I'm handing it over to Dina. Yes, this is the WX resource part of the show. So this is the part like where, you know, we have a lot of people who are into weather and meteorologists that use different weather resources, whether it's an app or a website or something kind of cool that we want to share. And Warren came prepared. Warren's got one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The uh, the the National Hurricane Center webpage is is your go to stop for finding out what's happening around the uh, Atlantic, Eastern Pacific, and even farther afield as far as uh, tropical cyclones. And this is what we like to see on the Atlantic page: <laughs> tropical cyclone, not expected <laughs> during the next forty eight. Yes, and then and then even during the uh, during the five day period, nothing in the next five days. But over here in the Eastern Pacific, yeah, we're starting to see those blotches of yellow show up, and as long as they don't come close to any land, uh, I'm happy with that. But yeah, this is this is uh, one of my first stops every morning when I get up to see what the forecasters are thinking. Because as I said earlier, you know, we talk to them every day to find out what flying they're going to want. So this sort of preps us for knowing what they're thinking by by seeing overnight uh, what they did for the tropical weather outlook. And then if you come down to data and tools, and here this is the part that's near and dear to my heart, there is a uh, reconnaissance section uh, where you can look at uh, some recent observations that we have, uh, what the plan of the day is, uh, and then there's a full reconnaissance archive that you can go back for uh, many years to look back at, at some of the recon ah. that we've done. So there's a lot of good information there. That's a good one. And uh, highly encourage folks to stay informed and make sure you know what's going on uh, if, uh, if any storms are in your neighborhood. That's I click good. I awesome. haven't looked back at the archive stuff before. That's 
That's a good tip. Yeah, it's it's not as organized as I would like. That's one of those side projects, you know, one of those if I ever get around to it, because it's it's organized <laughs> mostly by uh, just like, for example, if we went to the 2020 here, um, it, uh, it basically, you know, you have all of the HD OBS are in here by when they came in. It's time stamped. And I've been working on a project that it's not ready for publication yet, but try to, uh, and then it goes through, you know, all the different types of things we have for both the uh, Atlantic, that's the NT stuff. And then the Eastern Pacific is the PN stuff. Uh, but I'm, I'm trying to work on a project that will put it in as per storm. So you can follow each mission as it was flown oh, in a storm. Nice. So oh, that's, it'll awesome. get there if I ever get some time. <laughs> hey, Warren, Warren, I don't yeah. understand. Last time I clicked on data and tools, I saw a picture of Phil and I'm not sure. I mean, he, he, Calling he must him be a under tool the data. Is really disrespectful. <laughs> well, he's, a he's a data. He's a data. He's a data. All right. Thanks for sharing that, Warren. Oh, sure Warren I've got I've got one that I'm going to share, and this is from the River Forecast Center. Um, it's going to be a long website, um, like link path. So we'll put it on the show notes, but. It's uh, if you were to search for it, you can do RFC hourly precip tabs. And what I like about this is you can look at um, how much rain you've gotten. But really what I, I like it for is you can do like one hour gridded flash flood guidance or three hour gridded flash flood guidance. So mainly what this tells you is you get all these different colors on here. Say purple, say we're down here in Atlanta, it would take four to five inches of rain in three hours to flood. Then compared, and you can oh, cool. zoom in compared to say like, you know, near Joplin, Missouri, we've got maybe less than a quarter of an inch in three hours. So that will give you a good indication of like when rivers start to come out of their banks or when things are going to start to flood in your area. And I really like it because it's very interactive. You can move around and that's pretty much what I use it for the most. Um, but we've had so much flooding, especially in Louisiana and things like that. And, um, so it's kind of a nice one to, to, to bookmark. Yeah, that's good, Dina. Yeah, that's pretty good. So any of those links, uh, that one was a long one. And we've got the National Hurricane Center, which you can find that one. That one's real short. You can find that. But just go to stormfrontfreaks.com, the show notes, and episode 132. We'll give it all to you. Awesome. Hey, time now, MJ, to check out our freak fan box. Send me a postcard. Drop me a line. You've got mail, baby. Yeah. That's right. We uh, have uh, we have one. So hey, Ooh. always good. Always good <laughs> when we hear from uh, from our fans. Uh, our friend Jay uh, tweeted in and said, "Listening to the latest Stormfront Freaks episode with the lovely lady from the Waikita Twister Museum while working in the yard today. So naturally, watching Twister." Ah. So, that was that. And that was a lot of fun uh, talking yeah. with them down in Wakita. And Dan did a good job. We don't have to pay him either, right? We don't. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Awesome. No. no, that was great. So thank you, Jay, for checking in. And, and thank you, everybody. When you check in with us, we'll uh, once in a while select uh, yours to uh, talk about on the show. Uh, you can find us on social media, Stormfront Freaks, of course. Uh, or you can uh, send an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com. Awesome. Hey, that just about does it for this episode of Stormfront Freaks podcast. 
Thank you for listening or watching. Now, before I announce our next guest, if you like the show, don't forget to subscribe to our Follow the Stormfront Freaks Network so you can get notified and receive the latest episodes of our show and El Nino's delivered right to your podcast player the moment it gets released. Also, visit patreon.com slash stormfrontfreaks to check out all the ways you can support us and how we can provide more for you, like live access to view and chat during our raw video recordings, exclusive merch, and even join us and our guests in the green room. Visit patreon.com slash stormfrontfreaks to join the team and thank you for supporting us. Hey, special thanks to our guest for tonight, Warren, madam. You were oh, awesome, Warren. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. And, you're, <laughs> and you still haven't been drinking because you're at work, right? Yeah, yeah. But hey, just after this, it's a half hour ride home and then I am golden. Okay. <laughs> but not on the ride home. Not during the ride home. Okay. I just want to make sure that's clear. clear. That's clear, yes. <laughs> All right. Because you know it's a red accord right that's what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> red accord first then red wine <laughs> all the troopers all right. nice hey our next episode we're back in a couple of weeks recording live and raw for our patreon members on thursday june 10th with married storm chasers aaron jajak and michela iwasiuk I think I got that right, Michelle. If nice. I set up, I apologize. Wow, married ones too. Yes, the audio podcast awesome. will be up and available Sunday, June thirteenth. So okay. for MJ, Dina, Kim, Jen, I'm Maz. Everybody, I'm going <laughs> to signal the all clear now. So uh, we'll catch y'all next time. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Find our bi-weekly show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcast app. And watch our live and recorded shows on YouTube. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, merchandise, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you are there, check out our live interactive Storm Chaser radar provided by our friends at zoomradar.com. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Search Stormfront Freaks. We'd love to hear from you. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.